some days you might be totally in the mood for drawing and other days you just want to doodle or color so you find the page that you want to do and then you do your 10 minutes as soon as you hit the 10 minutes you can lay your pencil down and know you have succeeded you have won the day you've done exactly what you came here to do well done give yourself a pat on the back or you can keep going Hello and welcome back to Passionista Colorista podcast and a new interview with Johanna Besford. This time we are talking about her new book, 30 Days of Creativity, a book filled with smaller coloring, drawing and doodling projects that you can finish in quite a short time, small victories that Johanna likes to call it. And it all started as a way of self-care during a tough period in life. I was sort of struggling with a lot of things. Life was difficult and it was a bit scary. And I think I had I was halfway through finishing Worlds of Wonder and I got a bit scared. I didn't want to have no more projects. So I remember I emailed my publisher and I said, I've got this idea for another book. And During lockdown, I tried to find some good, healthy self-care habits. And not just during lockdown, I think after the sort of the really scary times when life was starting to get back to normal, it was still an odd time and we had lots going on in our family. And I think I just wanted to find practices that would anchor me and sort of support my mental health and my well-being. And I tried yoga and meditation and journaling and cooking. And I just, I couldn't stick to any of it. I was like, oh, this is terrible. But I knew that I could stick to drawing, but I didn't Mm. want to do drawing for work. I wanted it just to be for fun and for me. So I started keeping a little notebook. And every day I would challenge myself to just do 10 minutes in that notebook. So it wasn't work. Nobody saw it. It was only for me. And it just was such a lovely, healthy habit, and it really anchored me. It was like a warm-up. So if I was doing it before I began work, it was a great way to get kind of loose and free-flowing and have ideas and just get used to holding my pencil. And at the end of the day, it was more like, I suppose, an inky meditation. It was just a really nice way to relax and to be soothed. And I just thought it was a great way to introduce people to creativity if you haven't got it as a a daily practice yet. Uh, But 10 minutes a day can be quite vague. Some people need a bit more guidance. Some days I didn't know what to draw. So I would just draw circles or triangles over and over again. And then I began to make a list of prompts. So things like world's best robot or a flower a day. And I would draw those things. And it was those prompts that came that became the book it was the idea of taking instructions and sort of vague ideas you weren't just left the blank page there was a little bit of a nudge in the right direction and just yeah setting yourself up for a new creative practice so it started as an own project not connected to work at all but it ended up in more work yeah exactly (laughs) but um (laughs) I think that's really my life so I think um My mission has always been to inspire as many people as possible to pick up a pen or pencil and be creative. And I just felt this was a new way to introduce people to creativity. Or should I say, 
sort of reacquaint them with their creativity because I am a big believer that everybody is born creative. You never see a toddler holding a crayon wrapped with self-doubt. They are just too busy drawing on the walls. But I think as we become older, we forget and we lose our confidence and we kind of get in our own way a little bit. So with this book, I just thought it was a new way to bring creativity to people to make it really accessible not scary it's not 100 days of creativity or 365 days and it's not you know learn to oil paint in a week you don't need any fancy bits of kit or a huge investment of time everybody has 10 minutes a day that they can spend doing something that is good for them because we all spend much more than that scrolling through Instagram and I love the fact that we didn't need any fancy bits of equipment. It's just a pencil case essentials, pens, pencils, maybe an eraser. And it felt like a good way to welcome people into our community that perhaps weren't already there, like a good way to reach out, say hello, bring them in. So how was this book to produce compared to the other ones? Really different because there's much more writing in it. So Um, How to Draw Inky Wonderlands is my step-by-step drawing book. So obviously there's a little bit of writing in there and I sort of talk you through how to draw certain things. This book isn't so much focused on the nuts and bolts of drawing, but on creativity as a whole. So there are, for example, five pages with like little positive messages, like cheerleading for me, things like progress, not perfection and do more of what makes you happy. There's also ideas for how to continue some of the projects. So maybe you've done your 10 minutes, but you're in flow. So here's some other things that you can do with this page. Or here's how you can take the idea on this page and expand it to make a bigger creative project. All those kinds of things. So more words um, and also a different kind of drawing from me. So when I do a coloring book, my job is just to lay down those outlines and know that you'll bring the color mm. uh, with this book. Whilst there are a lot, I would say it's half coloring. There's 50% coloring pages. The other pages, my job is to sort of inspire you to draw. So I just draw the beginnings and then you're going to complete it. So it's a different, a different approach. And the pages, I mean, in a regular coloring books, most people will start a page and they want to finish it. But how do you, want us to feel about this book is is the page <laughs> done to finish or is it just we can color here and there and draw here and there yes the latter so with this book there are 30 creative exercises one for every day of the 30 days but they are not numbered so i like the idea that you can pick and choose a page that sparks joy for you we are not going to dictate to you what order you have to do the pages in some days you might be totally in the mood for drawing and other days you just want to doodle or color so you find the page that you want to do and then you do your 10 minutes as soon as you hit the 10 minutes you can lay your pencil down and know you have succeeded you have won the day you've done exactly what you came here to do well done give yourself a pat on the back or you can keep going so it's very unlikely highly unlikely that you will finish a page in 10 minutes it's just not that kind of book so my idea is that you can come back to those pages if you want to another day you can continue long after your 10 minutes you can do 10 hours if you so wish and you have the time but the book is very much a workbook. it's something to dip in and out of you might complete your 30 days of creativity 
and then wait a couple of months, come back in January when everyone's doing their New Year's resolutions that they're definitely not going to stick to. And you could pick up your 30 days book again and do your 30 days in January. So the idea is that you decide on the timings and how much you do. You won't finish a page in one sitting, but that's great. It's an investment. You can come back to that page and continue it another day. It sounds wonderful. It it actually seems like a good thing to not finish the pages so we can come back when we need to relaunch our creativity because it goes ups and downs. I had lost my module some months ago ago and, and then it came back. But this is a good Kickstarter, I think. Yeah, exactly. I th- The way I think of it is creative second helpings. You know, when you come back for a little bit more dinner, it's always just as delicious, if not more. And I just love the idea that people can invest in their wellness, in their peace of mind, in their souls by buying this book. Like, I think when you get this book or if you give it to someone, it's not, you know, it's not over and done with in 30 days. It's a book that can linger, that can sit on your desk. You can dip in and out of it when you need to. It's there as a bit of a prompt. And as you say, if you find yourself in a creative slump, you could knit back in and do your 30 days again, just as like a little Kickstarter. I just think it's going to be, I hope it would be a book that would stay on your bookshelf, in your desk drawer for a long, long time and continue to give you all those wee nudges that you need when your creativity maybe wanes a little bit, which it does for everyone. What uh, reactions have you got so far about the book? People um, are very excited. I love the fact that everyone is dotting about and doing their different pages in different orders. So it means that I'm not seeing the same page coloured over and over and over or drawn over and over. Um, everyone is obviously attracted to different activities. Uh, I think people love the fact that they're not going to complete the page in 10 minutes. So it's not it's not one of these really quick doodle books. And it's also not super vague. Like I've seen some of the this sort of creativity books where it's like, take this bubble and draw your biggest fear. Like, oh, mm-hmm. you spend, you know, nine of those minutes trying to work out what on earth you're doing and if you're doing it right. Like it's it's much more instructional and instinctive, I would say, actually. Not instructional, just definitely instinctive. Like, we all know what we're here to do. Let's do it. And the idea is to just take away that hesitation that you have when you pick up a pencil and just let you get on with it. Because I feel like that hesitation, we say in Scotland, Haven, you know, when you sort of pause and you're you're thinking it over and you're sort of getting in your own way, and you're convincing yourself not to do it. I want to remove that bit and just get you diving straight in. And I think people like that. You know, it's not a pretentious art book. It's very much a workbook. It's fun and happy. That's another thing. All the imagery is inspired by things that bring me joy. So you know how usually... All my books have a theme, whether it's flowers or worlds or animals or jungle. So this book is just inspired by things that make me happy. So there's flowers, there's cakes, there's candies, there's ice cream, there's little robots. They make me smile all the time. I'm watching them now in my book. I spend a lot of time speaking to my kids and I'm like, oh, if I could just have a robot that folds all the laundry and makes the dinner, I would be happy. We often speak about, if you could have a robot, what would it do? It's like, oh, I would have one that sharpens all my pencils to the most perfect point and gets rid of the pencil sharpenings, like compost them for me all in one go. That would be my robot. (laughs) So then it's understandable because all the other things I can 
totally understand directly when I see them that it's something that you you find joyful. Yeah, I think um I think because like Worlds of Wonder, I did a big chunk of this book at home around the kids. So if you're sitting at the kitchen table and they're like, Mom, what are you drawing? It's like, Oh, this that oh, I should draw a robot. Like, okay then. <laughs> so it just it's just the way it works. <laughs> But how did you create these pages? Did you do one page and finish that page or did you do one little ice cream and then you did a little robot? No, when I was drawing and creating the book, I definitely did a whole page at a time because I think I like to be in that mindset and I think um, skipping about for me while I'm creating a book would be really difficult. So no, I did like a couple of days of robots, a couple of days of ice cream, <laughs> a few weeks of cakes, <laughs> probably ate a lot of cake while I was drawing all those cakes. I was going to ask how hungry and how much ice creams and cookies you ate when you did this book loads absolutely <laughs> loads it's just unreal and I apologize to everyone who gets really hungry coloring those pages because it definitely has that effect <laughs> on me when I'm drawing them <laughs> do you have any favorite page or, or is this impossible to choose um I like the robots obviously because the girls asked for them but also I like some of the drawing projects I like the ones where it's a bit more open to interpretation so the all about me drawings are really interesting because it's basically a sphere a circle and then you're encouraged to draw little pictures that sort of sum you up so I think in my one I drew things like a little love heart and a palm tree and a snow globe and a pencil it's like If you could distill your personality and character and soul down into a few wee illustrations, what would you draw? So it's really nice seeing those because you kind of feel like you get to know the people drawing them. Um, I love seeing the colouring in because obviously every page is coloured differently. And what else have I seen? I've seen quite a lot of stamps today coloured in really nicely. They're fun. Yeah, it's just, I think it's difficult to pick, but... Every time I see a page, I'm like, oh, that's my new favorite. Then I'll see another one. Oh, no, that's my new favorite. <laughs> so it's bad. <laughs> are you using this book at home right now with your kids? Yes, they are very into it. So we have an Alexa um, in the kitchen. And um, I get home from work after they've got home from school and had supper. So we sort of catch up in the evenings. And I didn't realize, but they've been doing their 30 days of creativity when they get home from school. Because I went onto the Alexa app to turn off all the notifications. Because obviously Amazon is delivering some Christmas presents just now. And I didn't want them listening <laughs> to what was being delivered. And when I was in the Alexa app, it pops up with all the things that she's been asked recently. And it's just 10 minute timers. Alexa, set a timer for 10 minutes. <laughs> so they must be doing their books. That's so, so cute. I know. <laughs> so they have each one a book of their own? Of course. Of course. Yes. They would not. Uh, yeah. Sharing a book would not work well. So when the books first arrive back from the publishers, I usually get maybe two or three copies that come in super early straight from the binaries they've been printed the ink is practically still wet and they sort of courier them to me overnight so that we have books for photo shoots and press and what usually happens is I keep one aside for the photo shoots and the other two go straight to the kids so they always get the first copies And uh, yeah, they test them out for me and give their brutal, honest feedback. <laughs> Mom, this page is great, but this one, not your best. <laughs> like, thanks very much. <laughs> but they like this new one. 
They do. They're really into it. And Evie uses it as an excuse for not going to bed. So if I'm putting her into bed, I can see for a split second she's debating whether or not to go, Mom, I've not done my 10 minutes yet. Like, no, we'll just need to roll it over to tomorrow now. (laughs) But no, they love it. They're very excited. And uh, do you still do these uh, drawing exercises on your own, on in your book? Yes. Yeah, it's become a real habit. And I find it, I hate it when I come into work in the morning and I sit down at my desk and I'm not quite sure what I'm doing. And if I don't, sometimes, and I learned this, I think there was an author, was it maybe Hemingway, that always used to finish writing halfway through a sentence and then he would put his pen down so when he came in in the morning he completed that sentence and that was him off so for me I try to always have a drawing half finished on my desk but it just doesn't always work out that way so on the days that I don't I use my notebook and I do my 10 minutes in there in the morning because it's just a good way to get going otherwise there's that hesitation it's like you know, like the the seconds before you jump into the ocean or a swimming pool and you're sort of debating whether or not to do it and hesitating, that feeling for me can sprawl. And I don't, it scares me that it could last, you know, half an hour, an hour and chew up a big chunk of time when I should be working. So the quicker I can get into drawing mode, the better. And I find a wee 10 minute exercise really helps. I think it sounds very healthy because I am using Animal Crossing on Switch, like this wind down between stressful things in life. But this sounds maybe a little bit more creative and and healthy. (laughs) Do you know, one of my friends said that to me the other day, that she was using that exact game for that reason. And I thought it was so odd, but it must be. She says the music is very soothing. (laughs) It's super cute and childish and very, nothing happens. So you just walk around and picking shells and growing things. Yeah, she was picking peaches. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. I pick a lot of peaches too. (laughs) But you are not, I mean, gaming is a big thing in the community for many as well, but you are not a gaming person. No, not at all. I don't even... Yeah, not at all. Remember when everyone's mobile phones had that game Snake on it? Mm-hmm. When we all had Nokia's, I couldn't even play that. <laughs> I'm just awful. I have recently thought a lot about something that is connected to what you were talking about. To, to have your own creative secret world. Mm-hmm. To find the balance between your open life and what you spread on social media. The other day when I posted something and and you start to look, how many likes do I have? And I don't care about likes or do I or should I put this up? Is it good enough? And the difference between when I just color for myself or do something that I'm not showing anyone. (laughs) Sometimes it's happiness to show and to share and sometimes it's not to find the balance. Yes, I know exactly what you mean. And I think um I think it's about having boundaries and knowing what you want to show and why. And if you are self-aware enough to realize that maybe it's reducing the enjoyment a little bit or taking away a little bit of the, the sparkle from it to feel like you're engaging the success on the likes, then that's usually a time to step back and maybe share a little bit less. But It's such a difficult balancing act and I feel like it's a very difficult uphill battle for us mere mortals because those clever, clever people that run the social media, 
know mm-hmm. exactly how to pull us all in and we don't have much ability to fight back against those or stand up to those clever people with all that money and the algorithms and you're like it's designed to do that to you to pull you in to make you want to post more to spend more time on there so it's a tricky balance um I always think it's nice to have a little bit of both so some work that you show online and that you share with the community and some that you do just for you and I think that's the same for everything like I don't share all the details of my family life on the internet. I don't share every walk that I go on, every flower that I see, every meal that I eat. It's just nice to have a balance. You show a little to have connection. So that's exactly it. You need you need to show enough to have connection. I think community is a lovely thing. And, mm-hmm. and to do that, we have to share. But then you also need to hold enough back that you have like a, a personal life and, you know, stuff that you hold just for your nearest and dearest and you don't share with everyone. And I think, as long as you're aware that you need to find that balance, you're you're in a good place. You're going in the right direction. And it's the same with inspiration because it's all around in the community. We see so many beautiful pictures, but in, at some point it can be too much and you feel bad instead uh, and intimidated and I can't do that. I'm not as good. And that's also something you all, I struggle with from times to times. And I know I'm not the only one. Yeah, me too. I think everyone gets that. And if it's not about creativity, it's about life in general. Like, oh, they're having more fun than us. She cooks better meals for her children than me. You know, like all those mm. things. I think, um, I think we're hardwired to compare ourselves to other people and berate ourselves a little bit because it tends to then inspire you to do better. But with social media, there's just so much comparison that it can get overwhelming. So I think a little bit of that isn't a bad thing. You know, if you see something inspiring and it makes you think, oh, I could do that if I worked harder or if I tried a new thing or if I learned a new skill, like that's good. That's expanding your horizons and helping you grow. But if it's so overwhelming to the point where you want to give up or you feel that there's no hope because you could never be that good or you can't do that, like those sort of negative spirals, they're not so healthy. And I think that's a good time to step back and, you know, just realize there's a difference between inspiration and intimidation. And if you're feeling intimidated or I don't know, just that sort of yucky way that you feel sometimes, that's just another sign that you need to step back and take a little bit of a digital detox, take some time off, focus on why you're colouring. Is it to get likes, to compare, to try to be the best? Or is it just because you really enjoy it and you like making nice things? And I think I think when you strip it all back to why you're doing it, it will become clear what you have to do in those sort of darker spaces will disappear a little bit that's what I do anyway and as somebody who draws for a living you know there is millions of people vastly more talented than me on the internet and if I spent all my time looking at their work and berating myself for not being that good I wouldn't get anything done so you just need to find a happy balance again (laughs) yes this tricky balance but can you describe the feeling you had when you did those when you found this uh, exercises for yourself these 10 minutes of creativity before the book I think it was at a time when I didn't have much routine in my day so then also there was a lot to do and it was really difficult to get it done and I would get to the end of the day and go what have I done like admittedly we're all alive and we've all eaten food today (laughs) nobody's you know 
everyone's got clothes on that are semi-clean. But it's just like I'm not achieving anything. And that used to really annoy me. I am a person who loves to cross things off on a to-do list. So I felt like I needed to lower the bar to success so that I could have a few easy wins in the day. So things like, like I need to drink eight glasses of water today. Bingo, I've done it. And then with the creativity, the 10 minutes, by the end of the day, it's like, okay, I didn't finish the three pages of the new book that I wanted to finish, or I didn't write the introduction, but I did my 10 minutes of creativity and that was my aim for today. So that was a win. And I think as you begin to grow a series of wins and successes, it gives you confidence, it spurs you on, and it gets you out of that sort of doom spiral pity party way of thinking you're like oh I can't do anything this is so awful like we all get like that sometimes and it just strips you of any joy and enthusiasm and energy for the things that you need to get done so having those little 10 minute practices were really good for me it gave me structure I knew what I had to do it gave me a sense of achievement and success and weirdly that was a stepping stone that would allow me to then go on and do loads more other things and also, if I did it at the end of the day, it's just a really nice way to relax. I think staring at your phone before you go to bed is hideous for you. So bad on so many levels. <laughs> so to put the phones away and know that I was just going to sit with my notebook for 10 minutes at the kitchen table before I switched all the lights off, that was actually a really nice way to end the day. And how long did it take for you to do this book? To create it, not as long as a colouring book, because obviously the artwork is uh, not as complete as a colouring book. So I think about three months, actually, from when I started to... I had the idea long before I started working it. So I had the idea while I was still working on Worlds of Wonder. So obviously I then needed to finish Worlds of Wonder um, and then begin working on the new one. So... I would say about three months and usually a colouring book is six to nine months so not as long but then took a lot longer to do all the words there's there's no words in a colouring book apart from a wee introduction um, but 30 days of creativity has, has much more more language in it. Some of the pictures a lot of the pictures are super cute and they are small and they are as you said a lot of delicious and nice feeling things did you sat there smiling when you were drawing this yes and also googling recipes I feel <laughs> like we made a lot of cakes and you know like sometimes I would go on the internet and look at YouTube like cooking videos and maybe playing in the background and the kids would be watching something while I was drawing so yeah I feel I feel we all um expanded our waistlines a little bit in the making of this book. <laughs> How many languages will they, this new book be released in? Do you know that? That's a good question. I don't know. So what happens with the book is I work with the British and the American publishers. Um, and we do that, obviously, in English, slightly different from the American. And then we buddy up, we partner with all our foreign publishers to do the foreign editions. So they just come in a bit at a time. I think I have seen the German and French editions so far. Um, but yeah, I don't know is the answer. I sort of know when you know. Yeah, okay. <laughs> you don't know how many languages or in which countries it will be released or when. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> 
so the book is out and you have these, uh, as you spoke about earlier, these 30 Days of Creativity videos, the course. Why did you want to have a course, which is a lot of work for you, a new video every day and not just the book? Well, I'm always trying to find ways to make the experience a bit more special. So, for example, for Worlds of Wonder, we couldn't do a book tour. So we did an online book tour. We traveled to all these different worlds within the book. And there was like an immersive experience. Like I would tell you, like, oh, today, make sure you've got a cake to eat while we're coloring these cakes or have a scented candle like this. And we had like soundscapes that you could listen to, like noisy cafes or beaches. Um, and I just love anything that makes the experience that little bit more special and memorable. I just think it's, I just think it's nice. It's interesting. So when we were, um, thinking about the launch of this book, we had the 10 day how to draw Inky Wonderlands course. So that was actually called Inky Art School. So that was 10 days, a live video a day. And I said, I think we should just do the full 30. Cause initially, like, are you going to do like five days, like a free five day course? Like, no, let's, let's go all in. Let's do the full 30 <laughs> and let's make it evergreen. So it's free to sign up. The course will be online forever or as long as I've got the domain and people can come back and restart it. I just love the idea of like a companion course. So if you got the book as a gift, your friend could say, actually, there's a free course online as well. And if you're one of those people that buys books and then doesn't read them or coloring books and they just sit on a shelf, this could be the thing that nudges you to get going. I didn't want to do live videos this time because 30 days of live videos would probably kill me. <laughs> so I was like, we're going to have to pre-record these. So they're just little three-minute quick videos. You get an email every day as well. For anyone that hasn't got their books, there's either alternative suggestions of things that you can color or there's a little, there's free downloads with extractions. So little bits of the different pages so you can still take part. Everything is at, is at johannabasford.com forward slash 30 days and you sign up, pop your email address in and then you'll have access to the entire course. I think we're on day nine just now because obviously 30 days in November, but you can join anytime, just start wherever you want and then take it from there. But you have done some live streams as well when you color or yep. draw. Yep. So I like the, I like popping on and saying hi. It's nice to be part of our community. So, um, on Mondays is my Facebook lives at four o'clock. And on Wednesdays, I'm going to do Instagram lives and then I'll just hop on in between. I think during lockdown, I did a Facebook live every day. Well, it started off every day and then I had to trim it down to just Monday to Thursday because I was losing my mind a little <laughs> bit. But, um, it's, it's such, a uniquely wonderful community and it's like I know these people but I don't know these people and we share some chat it's just it's such a nice way to keep in touch with people and also everybody is so chatty so admittedly it's all via text I'm the only one that actually gets to speak um but I see all the comments and it's just it's so heartwarming to see the conversations that goes on between people in the community mm. that don't that have never met each other but they know each other like friends and they're like, hi, hello. They're asking after each other's family. They're sharing tricks and tips and encouraging each other. To me, to be part of that is wonderful. So rather selfishly, that's why I do the live videos because I'd like to see everyone. <laughs> the first time you held the book, the real book in your hands. Yes. How was it? 
it was always very exciting because um, you look at those pages for so long, either as scraps of paper in the studio or as a PDF when we're getting near to that sort of end point. Uh, the very first thing I always do is examine the gold foil on, or whatever foil that we have on the front because that to me is the special sort of icing on the cake. So that's exciting. And yeah, I think it's just, it's always nice to finally feel it in your hands. I think you spend so long working on a project and it's not a tangible thing. So when you finally do get it, it's very exciting. And it's also very exciting when you see it on a shelf for the first time. So not on Amazon because it's nice, it doesn't really count though. But when you see it in an actual shop, that's really exciting. And the most exciting thing ever is when I see somebody colouring or holding or, you know, walking along with my book and they don't know it's me and I'll just I've, I've just seen them so one time we were in America we were in Florida on holiday and we were in the lift and Evie must have just been three at the time really little and a lady got into the lift and she was holding one of my books and I swear Evie was about to implode with excitement <laughs> and I just I got really embarrassed for some reason like shh sh- She's like, Bobby, tell her. I was like, no. And I didn't, like, we didn't say anything. And afterwards, maybe I should have said hello, but yeah. it was so exciting. <laughs> Do you have a copy with, with you all the time in your bag? No, I don't. I, well, I usually have a copy of the one that we've just launched in my bag because I'm, all, I'm usually working on it. So, for example, the 30 days course, I'll quite often nip online and make a few tweaks to something or an email and I need a copy of the book on me I find it much easier to work from an actual book than from a pdf so obviously we've got digital copies of it on my laptop and things but having the real book is helpful and then when we were filming the 30 days course I obviously had one copy of the book that I did every single creative exercise in that we used for filming and I've I've lost that, so I've laid that down somewhere. Somebody somewhere will find a copy of that book and be excited and open it up and just find it's half used. <laughs> it's like sorry, that was me. <laughs> it's not sorry. This will be a, a valuable <laughs> item in the future, going in the auction houses. <laughs> Maybe <laughs> the lost Johanna workbook. Oh, I know. <laughs> I see some people that do things where they just like leave books in places for folk to find. So, for example, in phone boxes or just tucked underneath a chair in a restaurant so that somebody will come along and find the book. My children, actually, we found a book, a reading book halfway up. There's a mountain in Aberdeenshire called Benahy. It's not that high. You can climb it in like an hour. And we took the children up there in the summer holidays and halfway up, we found a book that had been hidden by somebody, you know, wrapped up in plastic and a little note saying, we hope you enjoy this book and have fun reading it. And it was just so lovely. It's a bit like that geocaching. Yes, exactly. So maybe we should do that. Maybe we should hide colouring books and copies of 30 Days of Creativity for people to randomly find. Wonderful idea. But the idea came and you started the book just after Worlds of Wonder? Yeah, so I probably, I didn't start drawing it until after I'd finished Worlds of Wonder. And then I'm I'm a bit bad. Sometimes I'll have six months to create a book and then I sort of spend the first two months thinking about it and researching and drawing pages that never make it into the final book so it's almost like I need to warm up for a little bit and then I get stuck into it so just now 
I'm working on a new book that I've been working on for months and I've only done a handful of pages that I suspect will make it into the book. I think once you're deep into the creative process, everything comes tumbling out really quickly. But at the start, I think it takes a little while to sort of find your flow. I guess it's a bit like when you go to a concert and you hear the musicians warming up. If you heard just the warm up noises, you'd be like that. I am not going to sit and listen to an hour of this concert and I want my money back. But that's just them warming up and tuning up their instruments. And I guess that's what I do like the first month or so in the studio of a new project. It's just the warming up and sort of getting all the ideas out and planning. And then we go into the thick of it. But how do you find time and focus at this point when you are releasing the book and out there in the public and talking about it and doing a lot of stuff? Yeah, that that is the fundamental flaw in the two book a year plan. Like that, I hadn't anticipated that being so difficult. Um, that has been a challenge, I have to say. So the last couple of weeks have been super busy, and uh, I'm just not used to it. I think we spent so long at home uh, that to suddenly be out and about in civilization and society, doing all the things, has been a bit of an eye opener. But um, it's exciting, and I guess it just takes a different sort of. It makes my brain switch between modes. So if I'm speaking about the book like we are just now or doing a live video or organizing like a marketing thing. So I do everything myself. I occasionally have people that come in and help. But, you know, like when we send out the advanced copies of the book and all those things, it's, it's me that does it. And it's just a different sort of mindset. So I'm quite excited to sort of be immersed in the creative side in a couple of weeks time. I think once we've just sort of finished off all the exciting interviews and things we've still got a lot planned between now and Christmas but mm. the last couple of weeks have involved quite a bit of travel as well which isn't which is tricky just now with children and things um but then I'll just be coming into the studio putting putting my music on getting my head down or not putting my music on I think I do my best creative work when I don't listen to any music quite like a soundscape just now that's my big thing I find them on YouTube or the soundtrack to certain movies I find that quite Um, I don't know, just prompts my imagination a little bit. But then, yeah, it'll be full steam ahead. This uh, World So Wonder, if we talk a little bit about that, it was a, a project created during the COVID, the pandemic, pandemic. Yes. So 30 Days of Creativity, I had the idea during the pandemic. I didn't actually make it until after, but Worlds of Wonder was made during all the super scary stuff and I think it was just my way of escaping our wee house and getting out and going on flights of fantasy and imagining all these different worlds that we could travel to because obviously nobody was going anywhere for a very long time um, and I also think it was just a response to being around my children 24-7 so obviously they weren't in school and we were struggling through the homeschooling nightmare But we were also having so much fun. Like I tell everyone that last summer was like my Enid Blyton summer. It was just so whimsical and charming. And, you know, we were in the garden or we were at the woods or we were building dens or, you know, paddling about in the river. It was just so idyllic and it felt very, I don't know, inspiring. Like it was the kind of childhood that I had growing up. And I think that for lack of a better word, triggered me in lots of good ways and made my imagination just go off on all these tangents. And I tried to catch all that and smoosh it all into one colouring book. So that's Worlds of Wonder. <laughs> This book seems to have been very loved as well. Yeah, you know, I think um, 
I think I, sh- I shared quite a lot of the pictures during the lockdown, you know, when I was working on it. And also people haven't been traveling this year as much. Like we're getting back to it a little bit. I have not been out of the UK for a long time. And I think if you wanted to just, you know, have an adventure or leave your home behind or go off and lose yourself somewhere for an hour, this coloring book was just a really nice way to do it. It was so full of whimsy and charming places to visit. I love the idea that you could go on a little mini vacation without even leaving your living room. And for a lot of us, that was the only vacation that we got this summer. Like I don't think a lot of people were, you know, going to sunny beaches. And, you know, even now that we can, some people technically, I'm, I'm not sure how many people are. Like for me, especially, like I'm a bit anxious about traveling with the kids and all that kind of stuff. So very happy to staycation for a wee bit longer and then if you do find yourself traveling what perfect way to sort of calm yourself if you get a bit anxious in the airport or you don't like flying you could just take your coloring book and zone out so yeah I hope it's helpful on many levels both both for our travelers and our non-travelers and you said that Mia and Evie uh, liked this new book very much did they like World's of Wonder as well? Yes, they loved it, actually. Um, that was the one that probably coloured the most. But I think it's maybe because they saw it being made. So usually I'm at work in the studio and they're at school or nursery. So although they see every page when I bring it home, like they saw the the nuts and bolts of a book coming together for the first time. So they saw all the pencil sketches. They saw me inking it. They would see me working at the computer to try to digitise everything. So I feel like that was the book that they were most um, familiar with by the time it by the time it got printed. Um, but they do like Thirty Days of Creativity. Mia struggles a little bit, obviously, because she can't read, so <laughs> I have to explain to her what some of the pages mean. But charmingly, one of the funniest things is watching Mia tackle a page where she can't read the instructions because she just makes up her own thing, and it's always a delight. Like she just she's not even bothered. Like there's instructions there, she doesn't care. She's doing her own thing. <laughs> and that is just wonderful. I think if more adults were like that, yes. it would just be brilliant. <laughs> and you said you just started the next coloring book. I guess you can't say anything about that, or? No, it's sort of a companion to Worlds of Wonder in some ways. Um, I'm not going to tell you the theme yet because we're still like I know the theme, but I know these things are also quite fluid in the beginning, so I don't want to like put myself in any boxes but no I've, I've begun it uh, there's a few pages that will definitely make the cut there's a lot of pages that won't but that's always the way the beginning of a project but I'm really excited about this one it's not a theme that we've done before so something new and different for everyone is it a traditional coloring book the next book yes so imagine worlds of wonder world of flowers secret garden but just a different theme. So square format, same number of pages. Yeah, same, same, same. And uh, I guess it would be just just one book next year? Yes. <laughs> Or is it even coming out next year? Yeah, no, it's actually coming out this time next year. So um, I have to finish it quite early next year. Then it goes into design and with the pages are all laid out, then printing, don't know if you know, but printing has actually been really affected by a lot of issues, but it's taking a long time to print books just now because I think the printing factories have to socially distance all their staff. So 
supply chains are a little bit affected. So we work on a very long lead time at the moment to ensure we try and have the best chance of getting books to everybody on the same date. But October 2022 is when the new book will be out. So you've got you've got a lot of time to finish Worlds of Wonder and 30 Days of Creativity. Do you have any favorite drawing and coloring tools at the moment, like sharpness, erasers, things like that? Yeah, you know, I'm very loyal and slightly boring when it comes to drawing in that I've used the same bits of equipment since I was in art school, and that is mainly Statler. So Statler Rotary Pencil, I like a 0.5 B lead Rotary Pencil. I use their plastic erasers. They are the best, cleanest erasers that I have found. And their pigment liners for, for inking over the artwork. I always draw on Derwent layout paper. Sorry, Dalla Rowney layout paper. It's nice and thin and smooth. It just takes the ink really nicely. When it comes to colouring, I skip about a bit more. Um, I'm more likely to be a bit promiscuous and try new things. So... Whilst I do still adore the Statler Ergo Soft colouring pencils, I'm also really enjoying the Castle Arts varieties. Arteza have some really great pocket money friendly pencils that I think, you know, are, are good, good value, like a good pencil set. I like the Design Journey pencils that Statler are doing just now as well. Again, good value for money, good pencils. And then you've got all your fancier sets. Um, I think, you know, like the polychromos and the Prismacolors and the Canon Dashes of the world are all excellent, but pricey. So it's sort of up to you, you know, where you where you sit with that. I'm not a person that feels that you need to have expensive art materials to do good work. The art materials that I use for drawing, like literally the 21 million books that I've sold have been drawn using the same art supplies I had when I was a broke art student and I started using those supplies because they were the only ones that I could afford in the little shop in our art school and I Mm. just think there's something to be said for you know like mastering your tools and doing the best work that you can and you know I've tried fancier pens and it didn't make my artwork any better so I'm quite happy to use familiar products that are just wholesome, good, reliable, and then rely on myself to elevate them with technique to make good stuff. From uh, your point of view right now, what are your best uh, coloring and drawing tips? Hmm, I would say, so for drawing, work in pencil first if you're nervous. Don't go straight in with ink. Lay out your drawing in pencil and then go over it in ink and erase the pencil If you're doing that, make sure your ink is fully dry, otherwise you'll smudge it. And use a plastic white eraser, colourful erasers, or those terrible like novelty ones in the shape of a rainbow or with glitter in them. They will just smudge your artwork, tear your paper, make you cry. Just stay well (laughs) away from them. I think when it comes to paper as well, I like a smooth white paper. For my kind of drawing, like a really fancy cartridge paper just doesn't really work because there's a bit of a texture to it and it's bumpy. And I find my pen nib sort of rags and tugs on the texture of the paper. So it's a weird one. Like I think traditionally when you think of a very good art paper, you think of something ivory, really thick, lots of texture. And for the kind of drawing that I do, that would be awful. 
you'd be better off with a sheet of white paper out your office printer, to be honest. Um, and in terms of colouring, I think uh, get yourself a good light source. You can't see the colours properly if you're looking at them in really bad light. So either a nice daylight light bulb if you've got one, like a craft light or just a sunny window or a bright spot in your kitchen. Always, always colour with a few sheets of blank paper under the sheet that you're working on. So if it's cushions with pencil, otherwise it's just really scratchy and horrible. Um, and then when it comes to your art supplies, I think don't tell yourself that you have to buy the expensive pencils to be good. Because as we just discussed, that is just a false way of thinking. And it will make you feel as well, like, I don't know, if I have an expensive pencil set, every time I sharpen them, a little bit of my heart <laughs> feels sad it's like that I'm just literally sharpening away my money um, and I think that must hamper your creativity on some level you want to have joy and wild abandon and lots of freedom when you're being creative I don't think you can do that when you're like oh that's two pounds fifty I've just sharpened off the end of that pencil so for me good quality economical pencils and art supplies are the key thing here so Take a look online, read some reviews, watch some of the brilliant tutorials. Tutorials, actually, is another top tip. If you don't know how to tackle a page, have a little look on YouTube and watch some of the tutorials. Because I see the results of them and they are amazing. Mm -hmm. So for learning new techniques or even giving you ideas for um, color combinations that you would never have had before, so so good and free completely free like the stuff that you can learn on youtube is amazing so that would be those would be my top tips i would say isabel was it important for you to incorporate both drawing and coloring in this creativity book yes 100 percent, because they're very different skills so i find when i want to draw i need silence and i'm thinking about it and it's quite focused when I'm coloring it's a bit more free and breezy I can do that while I'm chatting to somebody when I'm doodling which is different to drawing I think um doodling feels much more like I call them like an inky daydream like it's you're not thinking you're maybe listening to music but you probably aren't having a conversation while you're doing it like for me those are three separate things And I wanted to have all three of those things in this book because I think everyone feels different on different days. And some days you're going to want to sit and just zone out and doodle. Other days you definitely want to do a really intricate drawing and have something beautiful to show at the end of it. And other days you want to kick back with your coloring pencils and, you know, maybe have the TV on in the background or whatever, or like have your kids playing or while you're cooking dinner and do a spot of coloring. So I think different things for different days. Can you draw together with your kids or is it more easy to color together with them and maybe doodle? I find it easier coloring with them, but we do draw together, but a different style of drawing. I think um, I find it quite difficult to do the kind of focused drawing that I need to do for like a big double page spread of the book when I'm with them, just because, well, they're four and seven, they never stop talking. So I just like... <laughs> don't get the brain space to really so I think when I'm drawing I must sink into a different kind of um, mental space and I'm sort of submerged in there while I'm creating the artwork and I'm imagining myself in that place or you know like surrounded by those florals and 
that's how I do it. It is really immersive. So when they speak to me, I have to snap out of that and respond. And I find that really difficult, that shift in mindset. Um, but colouring, I can have a conversation, I can, like referee an argument, instruct somebody to go and get a tissue for their runny nose, like all those things whilst colouring. So it's definitely um, a more of a multitask creativity activity. <laughs> Is it still as fun doing these coloring books and these books you are doing as when you did your first, when you began? Yeah. So two things. Firstly, it's more fun because we have our audience now and like I know what I'm doing and I'm not, I think in the beginning, uh, we weren't sure if this adult coloring was a thing and there was a little bit of pressure to do things a certain way whereas now my wonderful publishers they just give me such free reign I literally say I want to do a book called Worlds of Wonder and this is what it's going to be like and they say brilliant we can't wait to see it which is so wonderful and what a privilege to be a creative person in that position like that's very rare and it's something that I'm very grateful for and It also means that I can say no thank you to a lot of jobs that come in that maybe don't get me as excited or aren't as free and somebody else can have them that would enjoy them. So that's really lovely. And also, if I didn't enjoy it, I just wouldn't do it. Like I just, I feel like my job is to enjoy my career. And I've been very lucky so far that I do enjoy it. But I've always said to myself, particularly now that, you know, I've got the kids and you know, life has changed. I wouldn't do a job that took me away from them for the day unless I was enjoying it because otherwise what's, what is the point? You know, it's just, it's not right for me. It's not right for them. So I a hundred percent enjoy it. I absolutely love it. And if it ever stopped being fun, I would just pivot and do something different. Uh, you have uh, released some of your older coloring books as miniature books as well. Mm -hmm. Yep. So Secret Garden and Enchanted Forest have come out in miniature versions. They were the first two books that we've published. Um, so they're out in miniature. No plans at the moment. I know this question is coming. <laughs> yeah. No plans at the moment to do any of the rest of them like that. What I am interested in is maybe like a, just a, a general smaller format coloring book, like a pocket size coloring book with artwork specifically created for that size. You know, like the, the, small victory pictures that we have so maybe that's an idea to investigate but not for now but you knew i was going to ask about if you were going to release the rest yes. of the books as miniature <laughs> has people responded well to them they like it yeah it's a different format but a bit more portable so if you're going on vacation or you know maybe you like to color in your lunch break you can just pop it into your handbag or your carry-on um yeah it's it's interesting it's definitely something to be invested I think I think with every project though I want to do the very best that I can and having done two of those books I'm now looking at that format and thinking it is nice but it would be even better if the art was created specifically mm. for that format and to give everyone you know like a different challenge or something new I just think there's there's an interesting thing to be investigated there and I definitely will but just not quite yet And uh, I know you like to start Christmas quite early, the preparations, the taking yes. out the lights. <laughs> so have you started already? Yes. <laughs> I love Christmas. I'm not a big fan of Halloween, but I love Christmas. So 
last year we had our Christmas tree up this time last year. The last year was weird, wasn't it? Like everybody mm-hmm. just needed a bit of joy yes, and happiness. Yes. So I had uh, put our Christmas tree up probably in October and just had it up the whole time. Um, so we have our Christmas lights up and my little Christmas candles. Started my Christmas shopping. Very excited about all those things. Made my Christmas cake. I think I love it. It's not so much that one day. I think it's just the season. I think because it gets dark here quite early in Scotland. Like it's a very dark season winter. Mm-hmm. Just having like little twinkly lights and you know the lovely smells of cinnamon. All those things just make my heart happy and I just love the entire season it's just you know goodwill to all men all that kind of stuff happiness joy giving gifts seeing friends and relatives what's not to love you did the advent calendar last year will it be a new one this year so no is the answer I'm not going to do one this year I did promise last year that I would make it an annual thing but to be completely honest I've been so busy with the book launch that it was a bit awful I'd have had to scribble something down really quickly and I, I will never ever put work out that I'm not 100% happy with so I think a lot of the time I need to manage my own expectations and just realize my limitations and I just knew that I couldn't do a, I could not do a good advent calendar this year so maybe next year but for this year I would say if you want an advent calendar I think my one's probably still online somewhere or just do the 30 days of creativity. <laughs> I can understand you don't have the time this year. Two books, a new book started, these uh, videos, live streams. But uh, yeah, thank you, Johanna. You're so welcome. Thank you for having me. It's been lovely to catch up again. Yes, it was. It really was. It always is. You always inspire us so much. <laughs> well, thank you. It's lovely to It's lovely to be on your podcast. And thank you everyone that have been listening and goodbye. Goodbye.